You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to episode 37 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by James Healy, our social media manager. Hello, James. How are you? Good afternoon, Ian. Yeah, very well, thanks. I'm uh, just looking at my picture on the screen. My beard's come back again. I think it's about time I had a, a bit of a shave, I think. It's uh, not looking too great. Well, I don't know. I was, it's looking like you're looking like Henry VIII again, you know? You you know very regal. Oh, yes. I mean, that's bad news, obviously, for Mrs. Healy, but um, <laughs> Which <anyway>. one? <laughs> oh, dear, somebody's in trouble. Um, now then, this is your cup final, isn't it, really? Because um, social media has just gone mad at the announcement of the new um, leagues. It has, yes. Uh, been a busy afternoon so far. We've uh, had to digest everything. And then, uh, yeah, Twitter at three o'clock has just exploded. So we're recording this just after and this... Yeah, it's still trying to take it all in of who's going where. But yeah, our uh, Twitter notifications have uh, just spiked. They certainly have. Um, and that's really where we're going to start this week's episode of the podcast. Um, we're going to hear from a couple of managers as well. Uh, Lee Davidson from Bradford Town. Uh, originally, I was going to have a chat with him about um, uh, about that upcoming Les Phillips um, Cup semi-final. But uh, it looks like uh, events may have overtaken us and we'll be um, having a conversation about um, the league allocations with uh, with Lee. And we've obviously got James's um, Twitter roundup. And then we'll uh, be hearing from Clayton Woodman and from Oldland Abertonians. Um, But we will kick off today's episode uh, of the podcast with the breaking news that the FA have now announced um, which clubs will be in which leagues. Of course, we knew that they were restructuring um, the pyramids from um, steps four to six. And uh, we've been waiting for the um, for the for the maths on that one. And it's come through today. Originally, of course, it was going to come through at two and then it got delayed until until three, like a government coronavirus press conference. Um, but those are the mad times we're living in. But, um, I mean, let's get to the, to the real detail, Jim. I mean, who are, the, who are the movers and the shakers? Who have we got and who have we, uh, who have we lost? So we've, I'll start with who we've lost. So we're, we're saying farewell for the moment to uh, Bradford Town, Carn uh, Town, uh, Chipping Sobbury Town, Caution Town, all the towns, um, Cribs, Hallen, Roman Glass St George and Westbury United. They've all gone to the Hellenic Premier League. Uh, we are gaining in the Tall Station Western Premier Division, Helston Athletic, Ilfracombe Town, Millbrook, Mousehold and Saltash United. Uh, Ashton and Backwell have also been promoted from the uh, First Division. And then in the First Division, we have gained... Uh, well, welcoming back uh, Gillingham Town and AEK Bocco and also Tetherington Rocks, which I think is a fantastic note. It, it, certainly, it certainly is and it certainly does. Um, but, I mean, there's obviously... Um... I mean, we knew there was going to be uh, movement on a pretty much unprecedented level in and out of the of the league. And of course, it's really shaken things up because now there's going to be plenty of new clubs for us to talk to on the podcast and plenty of new clubs for our supporters um, to visit. I mean, we should say that um, as with any of these allocations, um, um, you know, there, there will be a period where clubs uh, can appeal and it will be interesting to hear over the coming week, you know, how this news is digested by 
uh, the Tool Station Westernly Football family and um, uh, you know how clubs feel about um, about the, uh, the, the 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 new leagues or divisions or opponents that they're going to um, come up against. And with that in mind, we will be having. Uh, an interview with a league official on next week's podcast to try and make some sense of it. But um, I mean, I've always said to you, Jim, that I always feel that the um, the Western League is a family league, and uh, I think with these um, allocations, it's also become the staycation league, isn't it? I can see a, a fair few long weekends um, coming up as a result of some of these fixtures. Yeah, I've already said to my wife, does she fancy a trip down the, to Cornwall? And she's like, oh, I'd love to. Yeah, it'd be nice to have a weekend away together. Little does she know, I'll be planning in a couple of games while we're down there. Probably go go down like a lead balloon, but she won't know once we're down there. She can't really refuse, can she? You know, Devon and Cornwall are a lovely part of the world. So, um, yeah, so, and I've had many sort of family um, holidays down there. So I'm I'm, I'm quite up for it, Um, definitely. I mean, obviously, there is going to be a fair amount of travelling for our clubs, and I'm sure that's one of the things that's going to be coming out uh, in the wash. But, um, I mean, one thing I can say to everybody, and hopefully we've picked up a few more listeners on this episode of the podcast, because um, there are going to be a fair few new teams um, for us to be covering but um, you know everybody is always very welcome and of course you know I know some of the longer trips in the Western League have traditionally been you know a, 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 a cause of contention for some clubs but I think we have to remember that it's very much a two-way street you know for anybody going down to Cornwall a couple of times this season those clubs are going to be coming out of that county on a on a regular basis so um, you know the difficulties are there for everybody and um, you know it's 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 going to be our cross to bear collectively and um, but it, for now at least the, uh, the the football association have spoken we've got our lineups um for next season and um well i suppose pre-season begins now jim it does yeah yeah a busy time i think for these uh for these clubs and all the social media chaps lasses as well they're uh they're, their fingers will be wearing out i think looking at our twitter feed at the moment is uh pretty constant <laughs> so it's uh yeah these people are going to be uh be busy they certainly are. Right then, well, one of the clubs, of course, that was um, impacted by that decision is Bradford Town. Now, Bradford were, je- uh, were scheduled to play uh, this weekend um, against um, against Hallen uh, uh, in the Les Phillips Cup semi-final. Well, events have rather overtaken that game. Obviously, it is still going ahead, and, and, and we should all celebrate the fact that uh, the two semi-finals... Uh, this week, uh, this weekend will of course be played in front of fans. Which you know, if football is nothing without the fans, uh, then really that has to be the most important issue. But um, I couldn't help but start my conversation with Lee Davidson by asking for his reaction that Bradford have been moved out of the Western League. Yeah, I think it's you know with some sadness that we leave the the, the Western League, but we're excited for what the Hellenic League has to offer. Um, in terms of us as a club, you know, it's it's a lot more local with all the teams uh, that have come into, you know, in from Cornwall uh, into the Western League. It, it makes it a little bit more difficult to potentially attract players, and obviously there's financial implications for the club as well. So, you know, we're we're probably delighted that the the FA have made the right choice to to localise a little bit more for us. I think. I mean, does it help that Westbury will be joining you? Obviously, you've still got that Wiltshire rivalry. You're still going to have that derby game uh, on the bank holiday weekends. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, we've, we've got lots of friends at Westbury, but you know, make no bones about it. It's still going to be that rivalry. And we also welcome Corsham and, and Carn into it as well. So it's nice to have a, a good group of footballing teams in Wiltshire that we can we can pit ourselves against and again, try and ignite some more rivalries, if anything. 
Uh, so let's talk about some football on the pitch now. And I see you had a very good win at the weekend, 5-0 over Mangotsfield. I mean, I know it's not the same about, you know, talking about league football or cup football, but, I mean, were you happy with what you saw at the weekend? Yeah, absolutely delighted. You know, I think we came off uh, the back of a, a poor result in which we let ourselves down again against Warminster. You know, we could have been 4-0 up at half-time, but, you know, we didn't take chances, which recently is very unlike us. Um, and then Warminster grew into the game uh, and they took their chance as well. So we can't really argue with the result. It was just uh, a poor performance. So, you know, the management chat had a had an honest conversation with the players about expectations and, and where we're going wrong and you know I know that that was worked on on Wednesday night and we tried to put something new into Saturday's game um, and yeah absolutely delighted with the result uh, the boys put a real shift in to try and do what we asked them um, and I'm pleased to say it paid off I mean these post-season friendlies I, th- I think that's probably what we need to call them I know have pre- presented their own challenges um, for, for managers and players, to be fair. I mean, have you had issues with player availability? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's such a difficult time because I'm trying to organise post-season friendlies in light of our semi-final. And, but I'm also trying to organise pre-season friendlies for next season. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a strange time and people are usually off this time. They want to spend time with their families and stuff like that. We also have to think about having a a mini pre-season to make sure that they're fit enough to, to be safe in the games and to be able to give 110%. So, yeah, it's been really challenging, but, you know, to be fair to the management group and to be fair to all the players and, and committing that breath of town, they've, they've all been fantastic and, and really supportive of it. So we're, we're very pleased. I mean, talking about pre-season, the fact that you've moved into the Hellenic League, does that mean that you'll be looking for different types of opposition in your pre-season preparations? No, not necessarily. I think we always want to pit ourselves against kind of the, the best around and give ourselves a good challenge. Um, you know, thankfully, Melksham have agreed to play us at the start of pre-season as well, so that'll be a, a nice test on a, on a great facility. And again, you know, Bradford playing Melksham always brings back fond memories and, and that rivalry between fans is, is really important. The good thing about Hellenic and going forward is that we will play new teams. It's, it's exciting, you know, we get to pit ourselves against different opposition and, and, and that's always a fun thing to do. So let's look ahead then to Saturday's game. You play Hallen in the Les Phillips Cup semi-final. I mean, have you welcomed the opportunity to return to competitive football or would you actually have preferred to have drawn a line under this season and then go again in a couple of months? No, I think I think it's a really good thing to do. You know, I think the only difficulty was getting players back into some sort of shape to be able to play football and things like that. But it's nice to have something to aim towards. It's nice to have something something to potentially achieve, um, and it's kind of an aspiration that we need to actually be looking to to win some silverware. So yeah, I'm I'm really pleased with it. I know the league was kind of drawn. We drew a line under the league, but uh, it's it's good that we still got this competitive edge that we can now go forward and pit ourselves against Hallen. What, what are the rules concerning um, who can play in this match? I mean, have you been able to bring in any new faces or do you need to use only those players who featured for you in, in this league season? No, so the uh, competition actually set a new deadline for players to be able to sign. Um, so you could sign new players up until a certain date. Um, you know, the management team and the, and the committee had a bit of a chat around who we were looking to bring in, if anyone, and we actually kind of stuck with the team that we had last season because we believed that the, the strength we have is, is strong enough to, to get the result that we need. Now, I know Hallen have been playing friendlies, but with these games going on behind closed doors, how has that changed your preparation for this match? It's not as if you've, I'm assuming you've not been able to watch any of their games. No, we haven't been able to see anything. Um, you know, we've seen kind of the squad list, so I know some of the players that they've brought in, and we know kind of the quality that they have. Um, but they've they've always had quality in and around the squad, Alan. Anyway, so it's just a case of I feel if we do 
what we do best and we do what we know we can do, then, you know, it's, it's just down to us on the day, I believe, to, to get the result that we need. Now, I know that playing at Trowbridge Road will be an advantage for you, but how much of a boost do you think it will be for your players to be playing in front of fans again? Oh, I think it's a massive boost here in the, the for a crowd. It gives you an extra ten percent. You know, when you're you're making that run back, you just had a chance or a cross or something, and you have to sprint back into position. If you've got a crowd kind of egging you on, supporting you, it just gives you that extra drive to you know to to perform that little bit harder. I think. Looking ahead to next season, it's, it's really unfair of me on the day that you find out that you'll be playing in the Hellenic League. It, it's really unfair of me to ask about your expectations um, for next season, but I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't. To, to be fair, um, when we look back at your form over the last two seasons, you were very nearly in the, um, in the equation for one of the invitational um, upward movement places. I think you finished fourth on the points per game tally over the last two seasons so you know Bradford Town are a club with a reputation and and uh, you know is that something that you're looking to to, to carry on in the Hellenic League you, you looking for that push um to step for football yeah absolutely I think you know you need to have aspirations to, to do the best that you can I want clubs to think that we're obviously a strong team and I want them to look forward to the challenge that we will present with them you know I think that anyone that is involved in, in football at this level is always going to want to improve always want to you know do the best they can do and, and, and winning is a habit and something that's really enjoyable so I think everyone needs to make sure that they're, uh, that they're still fighting to, to live up to our expectations. And my thanks to Lee for his time. Now, before we get into your Twitter roundup, James, it seemed pertinent, really, that we just talked about the uh, the Les Phillips Cup um, semi-final there. I mean, can you just give us a reminder of those two fixtures? Friday, this Friday, coming the 21st, uh, Bridgewater hosts Tavistock, 7.45 kickoff. It's coming up in my Twitter roundup, so I'll mention that there as well. Um, and then Saturday, the 22nd, as mentioned, uh, Bradford hosts Halland, 3 p.m. kickoff. And then the winner of those two ties will meet in the Les Phillips Cup final, hosted by Street, uh, 3pm kickoff on the 29th, Saturday 29th. And looking forward to going down and covering that with my camera. And it's great to see that the clubs have been tweeting about those fixtures because unlike everything else that's gone before, fans are very welcome. Yes, they are. Yeah, I'm literally just looking at Bra- uh, Bridgewater's feed at the moment and they're uh, they're really pushing it and saying fans are welcome and, Obviously, with all the social distancing guidelines, and they're following all the guidelines, but they're hoping for a uh, a big crowd that they can get in there to watch. Hopefully, an entertaining semi final. I know our hospitality down at um, Bridgewater was excellent, wasn't it? When we went for the FA Vars um, game against Tavistock, so um, really, uh, that will be, I'm sure, uh, well, a wonderful occasion with fans, which of course is what we didn't have um, for that FA Vars game. But um, you will have a good, you'll have a good day out in Bridgewater. That's a sentence I never thought I'd heard myself saying. But, no. uh, <laughs> anyway. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Tool Station. With over 300 branches, there's always a tool station near you. On to your Twitter roundup. Again, it's been quiet until today, really, but clubs pushing their announcing their pre-season games. 
as we just mentioned there, Bridgewater versus Tavistock in the Les Phillips Cup, both clubs pushing that game, and the same with Bradford and Hallen. Um, it seems like we're kind of getting back to normal with the fans, and hopefully we can keep building on that, and the the gates will be able to increase as we uh, as we progress along. Uh, Wellington tweeted um, about they've now reached three thousand followers on all of their social media platforms. To be fair, I did used to keep a tab on how many followers clubs had, but I've I've let that slip lately. So that's something that I need to to catch up on and. Yeah, just it's interesting to see how many um, followers clubs pick up uh, and interactions and that from their social media. So the way things are going, and as we've mentioned in other other roundups, that clubs have upped their game with their social media output. So I think if I can get a, uh, a list of all of the clubs and their followers at the start of the season and see how many, see how much they progress. Uh, because the output is so good, so yeah, we're be interesting to see that, see see what figures people uh, can get up to this season. Um, Ashton and Backwell have appointed uh, new manager in there. Uh, Charlie Rich has, has been announced as their uh, their new number one. So it'll be interesting. Obviously, they've gone up, so it'll be interesting to see how he he gets on next season. Um, but yeah, mainly today because of the announcements of everything are. Uh, Going back through our Twitter feed is uh, is quite hard because all of the clubs are tweeting about wishing other clubs good luck or they're moving and uh, yeah, so it's uh, been quite a quiet week, but until today. <laughs> I mean, one tweet that caught my eye, um, which is put out by Welton Rovers, and um, uh, I know that Gareth Paisley is is Twitter man, and of course Gareth, we've had him on the. Um, podcast talking about the history of, of Welton Rovers and he's a keen enthusiast for the history of, um, of, of Western League football and, and Welton Rovers obviously in particular but he's put out a tweet saying I'm glad for our new opponents but, but sad to say goodbye to some old foes in Bradford Town, Carn Town, Chipping Sodbury Town, Corsham Town, Cribs, Hallen, Roman Glass and George and Westbury. 161 seasons of Tall Station Western League football between them. That's incredible, isn't it? What a wonderful stat for a start. I mean, and then Gareth, I mean, he didn't let the grass grow either. I mean, that tweet came out <laughs> literally, well, well, literally minutes after the, you know, the, the, the sort of the balloon went up at three o'clock. So, um, so I, I take my, if I was wearing a hat, I'd certainly take it off to him because one, yeah, he, that's... He's, he's been sat on that one, hasn't he, for a while, but obviously he had to work it out because he didn't know who was going where or moving on and that. So, yeah, so. I was wearing a hat, I'd offer it to him, that's yeah, for sure. Um, How many of those 168 have you been to? 161 seasons. 161 seasons, yeah. Were you around for most of those 161 seasons? Well, I mean, I, I don't know if I look like I've had a bad paper round. I'm only 42. <laughs> Uphill paper Benny. round. <laughs> Good grief. Sorry. So now it's time for our second interview of this week's podcast, and it's with Clayton Woodman from Oldland Abertonians. Now, of course, we've all had a difficult season off the field, but um, Oldland, I think it would be fair to say, had a pretty difficult one on it. So I started my conversation with Clayton by asking whether he was pleased to see the back of this season. Uh, yeah, to be honest, um, I think with a stop start in the two seasons, it's been very hard. Uh, the previous season, we started really, really well, and then we were just like, getting momentum and things went wrong and COVID hit and then obviously with the start of the second season we, it just didn't it just didn't get going for us so yeah was probably <laughs> pleased to see the back of it 
I mean, it all started so well for you, didn't it? You you kicked off this season with a two-one win against Bristol Telephones, and and then it all went a bit wrong. Have you got any idea, sort of, you know, what the contributing factors were? We had a couple of suspensions, but I don't think that was um, any reason for that. Um, I don't think we were as well prepared this year as we were the year before, as in fitness. But in some of the games, we were leading or at nil-nil, and then second half, it just got away from us at times and. Like certain games, like even we were down at Sherborne, we were one up and with 10 minutes to go, we've lost 2-1. and it, it, it just happens, I think. So apart from that, we were, the main thing was we were just struggling to put the ball in it. I mean, you haven't had any matches since November. Um, I mean, what's that been like for you? Because obviously, you know, football is a, a routine for, for fans and players and, um, uh, you know, and managers. I mean, personally speaking, how have you coped over the past few months? We've been very busy. Um, there's been a lot of changes, um, actually, at Oldland. Um, as you mentioned, first off, that I was the manager. I'm now the chairman, a co-chairman with Steve Keynes. We've obviously had a, meet, a committee meeting last night, and we've just elected Paul Weeks and Darren Seeley to be the first team managers, uh, along with Josh Dempsey to be a player coach. So a lot of things have changed all, all the way through COVID and that. We've been... Um, putting plans together to uh, increase the size of the clubhouse, the car park and all the facilities, which have now been passed. It's onwards and upwards at the minute for Oldland, to be honest. A lot of changes. Um, Derek James has stepped down, but he's still obviously going to be um, helping us. He's assist- he's assistant um, chairman. He's-, he's sort of helping out there and he's going to be always in the background. So, yeah, there's been a lot of changes. This is the first time I've ever had an interview with a manager who's, who's quite literally gone upstairs during the, uh, <laughs> during the during the season. I mean, will we still be seeing you in the dugout on a Saturday, or, or, or is your role within the club completely changed? Now I think I think I, I things have changed nowadays, especially with local football. Um, I've got two um, managers that are running it together in Paul Weeks. He's got he's been at some good clubs managing, and so's Darren. Lifestyles have changed nowadays where they can't always commit 100%. They can commit sort of 95% of the time and me or Steve Keynes can drop in and help them whenever they've got family issues or things like that. So it's, it's a bit more acting like a club as a team off the field than it is sort of two managers just taking the whole role. I mean, do you think football at our level of the game was always going this direction and that actually perhaps the coronavirus has just sped these things up? Because, I mean, you know, the, 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 the participation of players as much as coaches and managers is, is going to be a challenge for the, for the game going forward. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think some, some uh, players in time off, if uh, they start playing golf, they start spending more time with their family doing things. I, I don't think they're that much in a rush. I know everyone seems to think that football's like everyone's trying to get back and play, but I actually think there's there's players out there that actually aren't rushing to get back. I mean, you did play a, a pre... Well, I, I'm not going to call it a pre-season friendly, I'm going to call it a post-season friendly. Um, I mean, did you find any difficulty in getting the players back for that one? No, we actually didn't. Um, I think getting the players back then, it was just getting them together because at the end of the season it stopped so quick. Um, we had we had like a little warm up game. It was more or less to close the clubhouse down and things like that. See where we were. See what players are coming back. And actually, we had a really good response. Uh, we've got good numbers going into this year. We are excited about this year. Obviously, more so off the field than on the field at the minute, um, because we believe if we can get off the field right, the playing will just follow in suit. 
I mean, that's certainly, um, you know, and it's, it's an, an exciting development um, for everybody at the club. I mean, you know, looking ahead to next season then, what are your ambitions for the team? Depending on what happens when the leagues come out, because obviously there's a lot of talk about how many teams are going to move up, move across, and it could happen that there's probably five more vacancies in our league for players, uh, other teams to come up into. So it could be a whole look different league. And it, I, I would love to see that we could probably finish top six next year and then get the get the club up together and then the following year push and see if we could get promotion the following year. I mean, that's quite an, an aim, isn't it? Because, of course, promotion not only is going to be a challenge, but also it's going to bring with it additional challenges off the field. But by the sounds of it, the, the, the changes that you're making at Oldland, you're looking to be able to accommodate that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're trying to put um, everything in, in place with the clubhouse. It generates more money, generates more helpers, um, and that can only benefit the, the players going forward. I mean, you, you mentioned some of the off-the-field um, business that you've got uh, that you've had going on. I mean, um, I noticed there was some planning news posted on your social media um, account. I mean, can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, we've um, we've looked to extend the clubhouse. Um, it will be like a completed our overall. Really, there'll be new changing rooms done up, and uh, new plumbing. Uh, the bar will be moved, uh, the kitchen facilities will be extended, the clubhouse space will be extended, so capacity will be nearly double. We're still waiting on the extension of the lease to help us with our funding of it. We'll be looking to try and build probably the end of the season now, though, ready for the following season, but it's all exciting. I mean, one of the questions I like to talk about on the podcast is, you know, what, what can we do to get fans interested? What can we do to get fans into the grounds? But frankly, speaking as a fan, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see what you have done or what you, what you plan to do with the ground. So I, I imagine that sort of renewal is a really important way of positioning Oldland Abertonians going forward. There'll be a lot of people in your area. Obviously, it's a very congested area in terms of supporters for non-league clubs, but there'll be a lot of people very interested in what you've got going on off the pitch. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think if we can make the clubhouse more acceptable to uh, wives, families, it's going to make a lot more players want to come down. There's a lot of um, young footballers out there now that have got wives and kids and coming to a family club with the facilities that would suit them. Um, I think it's going to make it better for us. And my thanks to Clayton for his time and something of a first there in the podcast. During the course of an interview, uh, a manager became a club chairman. Um, but um, best of luck to Clayton and everybody at, um, at Olden Abertonians. It, uh, it certainly sounds like a very exciting time for the club. Now, we've talked about some of the matches coming up this week, this weekend, Jim. Uh, of course, that's in the Les Phillips Cup. But we have had other friendlies going on as well. And I think they, those continue. And um, you've um, you mentioned it on last week's podcast. Yourself and Adam Thurston have sort of undertaken quite an exciting exercise. And um, and it was it's something that you've launched on our website. Yeah, so under the fixtures and results tab there's now a drop down um, which says pre-season fixtures uh, if you click on there we've got uh, fixtures starting from Friday the 21st which is obviously the um, Les Phillips Cup semi-final but also there's a couple of others in there as well uh, going all the way through to July the 31st so we've been adding to them daily since we've launched it so when clubs are announcing their pre-season fixtures. We're trying to keep a close eye on social media, but if we do miss any, then we're inviting the clubs to send over uh, emailing in or tweet us with the um, with the fixtures. So just so we can keep the page up to date for the ground hoppers and 
hopefully encourage people to go along to tour station Western League clubs to help support them financially and uh, vocally to in their pre-season games. But just looking at the list with clubs potentially moving leagues, we're going to have to go back through and edit it because uh, some clubs may not be in our uh, in our league. So we're, uh, we'll be editing that over the next uh, coming week or so. And But yeah, keep encouraging people just to keep having a look on there if they fancy a game of football during uh, May, June and July and go and support their uh, their local clubs. And of course, an exciting opportunity for the new clubs that are joining the league to have their pre-season matches advertised as well. Yeah, indeed, yeah. So we say we're just inviting clubs to send their fixtures to us. Um, just so we could publish it in, yeah, with the new clubs. I'm sure ground hoppers from the Tall Station League will uh, be itching to go and visit those. And while the weather's nice as well, get down to um, Devon and Cornwall in there. Uh, Taking a new ground and uh, see what the uh, see what the new clubs are all about. Absolutely, we're all on the way to Mausel. That's what we'll be yes. saying. Now, um, I couldn't help but notice. I'm going to say this because um, I'm going to abuse my position. Um, and uh, one of the fixtures, of course, that we've got coming up on um, on Friday. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that Bridgewater and Tavistock get a really big gate because um, I know that that's um, you know uh, well, it's an important game for the league as much as anything else. But I couldn't help but notice that there is a rather tasty encounter on Friday night. It's the Coalfield Classico. Now, this is the friendly that's never friendly. Um, between Relton Rovers and Radstock Town. It's being taken. It's taking place at Southfields Recreation Ground. It kicks off at, at uh, half past seven. Unfortunately, I've got other plans, but I'd have um, I'd have loved to have um, been at that game because um, I mean, not only will hopefully that generate a really good crowd, um, but um, I mean, it's a great. It's one of the great Western League rivalries, uh, and um, it's always one that gets me very excited uh, on the podcast. So um, so there we go. Well, it's been a it's been a an action-packed day, Jim. I uh, I think we all need to sit down in a dark room and uh, and reflect upon what's happened. And when we do, we'll be coming back with well more reactions certainly to the new league lineup, and that will include, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, an interview with um, with a with a member of the board of the of the of the Tool Station Western League, um, to really sort of flesh out exactly what this process of restructuring is and was and, and, and also what it means for us going forward. Um, but that's on next week's Tool Station Westerly Podcast. 